We are on the air. Okay. Delusions of grandeur. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Star Wars Delusions of Grandeur here on the Journey Into podcast. I am one of your guides, Marshall Latham. And I am another one of your guides, Rich Outfield. <laughs> I guess I'm a host, not a guide for this uh, delusion. <laughs> hey, uh, it's been a little bit since we talked to you last, but we wanted to get with you at least. Uh, before the end of the year, and uh, share this tale with you that ties into the holiday season, uh, written by Rish Outfield himself here. <laughs> yeah, it, it, when you said holiday season, I technically it's not a Christmas sketch. It's much more of a Thanksgiving sketch, but I just couldn't manage. I didn't. I didn't get it done in time. And so rather than wait until next November, figured, well, we could run it in December and it can just be a, a holiday show. Uh, but one clarification is this is not a Life Day sketch. <laughs> There's supposed to be this uh, documentary that's coming out, or maybe it's already come out, I don't know, about all about the details of the uh, Star Wars holiday special. From back in the day and i'm kind of interested to watch it and see if i learn anything new about it or anything but. yeah i i saw like a list of the people that they interview and it's not the usual suspects you don't see harrison ford's name on there and anthony daniels's name on there you see people like donny osmond's name oh really and i thought well okay is it just they're asking people about what variety shows were like in those days or yeah, because I, I do remember the Donnie Marie show did a Star Wars take where they had C-3PO and R2-D2 on stage and everything. And I think Paul Lind was uh, like a Darth Vader type guy. Oh, no. Which was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's why they they had him on there. But Well, yeah, if if you find out that it's on like some streaming service, let me know and we'll both watch it and we'll do an episode about it. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. It's better than watching the holiday special and then doing an episode about it. Not only has that been done so many times by others, but I don't want to sit through it all again. So maybe the Diane Carroll stuff, but. <laughs> That's something I guess we should run the sketch, but there seems to have been a little bit of nostalgia for the holiday special from people of a certain age. And you've started seeing Life Day merchandise and you can get like shirts and stuff like that. And they just, Hasbro just uh, released a Chewbacca in his red cloak or whatever you would call that action figure from the end of the holiday special. Oh, <laughs> I think I saw you with a picture of that. Oh, you weren't supposed to tell him that I bought one. Come on. But I, I, I've heard anecdotally that they have a life day observance at like the Disney parks. And so. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I, I would enjoy going there when that's happening. I mean, I've, I still have not gotten to see Galaxy's Edge. Is that what they call it? 
yet. When we were in Anaheim, remember we drove past Disneyland a couple of times. I was just like, oh, I'd like to go there. Yeah. Well, I have to plan it. But yeah, again, this this is not a life day sketch. <laughs> it's something quite different. So let's uh, let's go ahead and play the audio for our, our fine listeners here. And uh, then we can talk more about it in detail afterwards. Wait, did we come up uh, with a title for this thing? Oh, I know we bantered about a few of them. I think I liked one of your last uh, options, which was... Yeah, I feel like there was something with Tarkin in the name, but... Oh, a very Tarkin Thanksgiving, I think was... <laughs> no, we're not doing that either. A very Tarkin. <laughs> well, by the time this goes live, we will... Uh, well, not live, but by the time this gets uh, published out into the world, it will have a title. Enjoy! Tarkin's Tradition by Rish Outfield Gentlemen, thank you for coming to my little gathering today. Any way I can serve? I was uh, already on the station, sir. Happy to be here, gentlemen. What was so secretive, Governor Tarkin, that you couldn't tell us over Imperial Hollow channels? Admiral Motti, when the Grand Moth summons, his subordinates obey. Well said, Lord Vader. However, this is not official Galactic Imperial business, per se, that brings you here this afternoon. Oh, it's evening now, where the Emperor dwells. Yes, fine. Thank you, Vizier. Governor Tarkin, I take issue with you referring to me as a mere subordinate. Of all the men at this table... I shan't get into another argument on a day like today, Admiral. With my recent promotion, I'm afraid even you are considered a subordinate. Subordinate? I'm in charge of both the reserve and support fleets, with over 10,000... But not in charge of your temper, it seems. You're one to talk, Vader. How many officers did you go through in the past year? An awful lot of accidents keep happening on that ship of yours. Strange how clumsy underperforming officers become in my presence, Admiral. <clears throat> Shall we begin? Has everyone arrived who's coming? Yes, Admiral Yularen, I believe so. There's you, Lord Vader, Admiral Motti here, Vizier Grijatu. Chief Bast, and the stormtrooper Dennis, who was not invited, but has been allowed to join us this evening due to scoring highest in markmanship training. He only got a 38. But it was higher than TK. Be that as it may, he will be permitted to dine with us, so long as he does not speak. Oh, Moff Tarkin... I have a foolproof method for preventing him from speaking. What method is this? Oh, it's quite delightful, Lord Vader. If you would allow me to fetch some of my tools. Torture will not be needed, Vizier. He will say nothing. Well, all right. <clears throat> Gentlemen and silent stormtrooper, on my homeworld of Iriadu, 
we had a tradition around this time of year to gather together with our colleagues and express thanks for the good aspects of our lives. We had a tradition very similar in my household on Anaxis. Before my brothers starved, we always considered it an honour to lead the family in song. Which song was this, Admiral? Oh, it was uh, Long May the Republic st uh, uh, Stand. Never mind. Many cultures share an observance such as this, which is why I have decided to implement it, starting now in all Imperial facilities. Wait just a minute, Governor. Is this Life Day you're all talking about? Oh, goodness, no. Well, it sounds suspiciously like Life Day. Admiral Motti, Life Day is an observance celebrated by savages, respected only by backworlds races, embraced by animal people like Talzas, Gigorans, and Wookies. Gigoran meat is quite delicious, Grand Moff. Thank you, Chief Bast. Regardless, Life Day is decidedly not celebrated in the Empire. No, this is more of an Iriadan tradition. And now, a greater Imperial one. But surely we won't be going round the table expressing what we're thankful for, Governor. We're not children. That is precisely what we are about to do, Vizier Grijatu. You, you called us together for this? I have work to do. Sit down, Admiral. You too, Stormtrooper Dennis. Do not draw attention to yourself. I didn't. Oh, let me quiet him, please. I, I have a portable soldering iron right outside. The that will not be necessary, Vizier. He will say nothing. Well... I like this idea, Grand Moff. Comradery and gratitude is good for morale, I always say. Thank you, Chief. <clears throat> Gentlemen, as you know, with the station's turbo laser finally installed and online, the Death Star is complete, bringing... How long has it been, Lord Vader? More than 20 years. More than 20 years of toil and innovation to a close. For that... Gentlemen, I thank you. Hear, hear. So, allow me to go first. Ahem. I am thankful for my career in the greatest military in the galaxy and the good friends I have met along the way, many of whom are no longer with us. Not enough of whom, you mean. What say we go around the table and everyone expresses what they are thankful for? How uncharacteristically sentimental, Tarkin. Nonsense. Lord Vader, what are you thankful for tonight? Let me see. The TIE Advanced Starfighter has been fully tested and has been impressively functional. Though lightly shielded, it is highly maneuverable and capable of 0.12 past light speed. Much better than any previous Imperial fighter. For that, I'm grateful. Well said. Admiral Motti, I'm in agreement with Vader. For once, the renowned Imperial shipyards are capable of amazing constructions, best in the galaxy, not to mention this vast state-of-the-art battle station. 
Not yet operational, Battle Station Admiral. Oh, you Lauren, why do you always quibble? I don't know. Why must you always posture? It's not posturing. The Death Star's just moments away from completion. Isn't that right, Grand Moff? Oh, most certainly. One or two more components, and it will be time to reveal it to the rest of the galaxy. Well, for that, I'm thankful. So there. Let's see. Who's next? Chief Bast. I, for one, am grateful for this fine meal that's been prepared. Fills my heart as well as my stomach. <laughs> Thank you, Chief Bast. But as Lord Vader is not able to eat with us, it is hardly appropriate to... Well, I'll save you some for later, my lord. Very well. I didn't know you could eat solid food, Lord Vader. With some difficulty. I can, of course, arrange it so that you know firsthand. <laughs> Not necessary, my lord. But this martel sauce is quite tasty, I assure you. Las Ram sauce, Admiral. Oh, shut up. The point is, it's delicious. Yum, yum, yum. While I don't approve of your tone, I will take that statement in the spirit of Iriadan Thanksgiving. Oh, and I'm sure I speak for Stormtrooper Dennis when I offer appreciation for the honour to fight and die for the Empire, and in such well-designed white uniforms. Armour, Governor, not uniforms. There you go again, you Lauren. Of course it's armor, but it's also a uniform. Well, the helmets are a little bit... Hush now, Stormtrooper. Just sit quietly and radiate gratitude. Admiral Yularen, your turn. I abstain. Nonsense. Everyone took a turn. Why don't you... You know, I, I don't think I got to finish before. Everyone took a turn, so say something, please. Yes, well... I noticed the standard-issue sidearms we wear with our uniforms kick somewhat less than they used to. So, uh, there's one. Anything else? Uh, the secondary hyperspace thrusters on my Star Destroyer were upgraded recently. Makes for a smoother re-entry, even on such a massive ship. Good, uh, uh, good stuff. Anything else? Oh, uh, no. Not really. Admiral. You were ill the last we met, but you seem to be well now. Yes, yes, I'm thankful for my health. There you go. Um, the health of Emperor Palpatine? Uh, uh, yes, certainly, Chief Bast. <laughs> Grateful for the Emperor's health. Lo long live the Empire. Long, long live, live the, the Empire. All right, that's everyone. I want to reiterate that... Wait, wait, you've forgotten about me. Well, I did... I wish to share something... It always warms my heart when I think back on it. Oh, Vizier Grijatus, uh, that's not necessary. Of course it is. As the Emperor's representative at this gathering, it is my right to participate and speak as I will. We are all the Emperor's representatives. Even this brainless Stormtrooper here. Well, I... Do not speak, Stormtrooper Dennis. Perhaps, Lord Vader, you all do represent our revered Emperor in your way, but none so much so as I. It was many years ago, this experience I had, quite singular. 
Oh. Mm. Yeah, I was a middle-aged man working for our great Emperor Palpatine. Though he was not the Emperor yet at this time. And there were several children, perhaps eight, mayhaps as many as twelve, all of them dead on the floor of the Jedi Temple. Dead? Dead children? Oh, yes. And why don't you ask why I couldn't tell how many they were exactly? I'd rather not. Vizier, why couldn't you tell the exact number of dead? Because they had been dismembered, cut into pieces, bits of them lying about, some on the floor, some on the walls, a head here and there, their little eyes open in shock and horror. <laughs> oh my, it was delightful. On rainy Coruscant afternoons, the mere thought of it brings a smile to my day. The thought of their wee hands, frozen open in death, lightens my every step through Imperial Center. That's quite enough, Vizier Grigiotis. You've made Chief Bast sick to his stomach. Excuse me, gentlemen. I need to... <coughs> <laughs> I never found out who slaughtered those boys and girls. Whether it was an army, whether it was the separatists, whether it was assassins from the criminal underworld, or perhaps just a single individual, someone within the Jedi Order itself. <laughs> the Jedi were a myth anyway. But it was the worst thing I ever saw, and it pleases me to no end. You truly are a reprehensible human being, Grigiatus. Beware, you, Lauren. If you insult me, you're insulting the Emperor himself. Oh, the times he's bade me relate that story to him in grisly detail. Sometimes asking about the smell, sometimes merely chuckling about it. We have such a laugh! Enough! This story has taken up quite enough of our time. Vizier Grigiatis, I thank you for your participation, but now I ask that you sit quietly and interrupt no further. Governor Tarkin, may I say a few more words? A very few, I would hope, Admiral. <clears throat> Here we stand, gentlemen, on the precipice of true greatness. When this station is completed, a few days from now, we shall eliminate our enemies, great or small, and be able to usher in a new era of complete control and order throughout the galaxy. That is what I'm thankful for. This battle station. Big surprise, you and your so-called ultimate weapon. So-called? Never before has a station been built with as great a capacity for... I have it on good authority that Krennic did half the work. And Orson Krennic? He's a superintendent of grunts and common workmen. And Governor Tarkin did the other half. How dare you! Wait, the paperwork I achieved on this project alone is greater than- The evening draws late, Admirals. Far too late to converse about paperwork. Yes, yes, Lord Vader. 
which brings us back to me. I am thankful that we will soon have one fewer problem to worry about back in the Imperial Senate. And what problem is that? Why, the Senate itself. Not to tell tales out of school, but you will shortly see. All hail the Emperor. Long live the Galactic Empire. Long live the Galactic Long Empire. Long live the Galactic Long Empire. Long live the Galactic Empire. Long live the Galactic Empire. Oh, wait, don't go. I thought of another one. Have any of you ever milked an elderly Ascasian? What the hell? Stormtrooper Storm Dennis. 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 How dare you? Take him to a detention center. Of all the disrespect. Thank you, Governor. You're welcome, my friend. So there you go, everybody. There's uh, Tarkin's tradition, or Death Star Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I called the file in 2022 when I started writing it, was Death Star Thanksgiving. Uh, and then I never thought to give it a real title until it was too late. But... Um, yeah, it was uh, it was something that I wrote on Thanksgiving or started writing on Thanksgiving of last year. And then the whole year went by and I never finished it. And then suddenly it was November 2023 and I thought, "Oh shoot, I need to rush and finish this." And yeah, it it's something that I can only work on on Thanksgiving Day apparently. <laughs> Every year for a decade you worked on this. Well, one of the things that I'll say about it is that you you stay true to your pattern, I guess, with Star Wars stories. And it's all based in the original trilogy. And you dive deep into these characters that uh, some of them that only have less than a minute of screen time. And you give them their due <laughs> in your sketch here. And uh, you can tell how big of a fan you are of of uh, Star Wars in general, but the, especially the original trilogy. And then you can tell, you know, you've said in previous stories and, and uh, sketches that you've done about Star Wars that it's hard for you. I mean, you want to include the humor, but you also want to be honest with these characters and, you know, not just ham it up just for comedy's sake but you you want this to be authentic star wars character driven stuff which i think you pulled off i thought i thought you did a good job with that well okay yeah i guess we've had this conversation before but i hate i <laughs> i hate it when people disrespect darth vader <laughs> i i just <laughs> you know it's like oh this would be a funny thing to do with darth vader and let's have him like trip over his cape or or, you know, he gets something caught in his respirator and he starts choking. Wouldn't that be hilarious? For me, it isn't. I, for some reason, Darth Vader is just so sacred to me. And so, yeah, I tried to remain... I, I tried to keep him, the, the Darth Vader that we know, uh, he keeps his dignity. But the Admiral Mahdi character is like one of the few characters in the Star Wars trilogy that is like irreverent. And uh, sort of hammy and choose the scenery. And yeah, he does not respect Vader at all, which is so interesting based on, you know, what Vader became in Empire Strikes Back, where he's just, you know, 
the most feared being and the, the and nobody would dare cross him and you know the people all walk on eggshells around him right it it is fun for me to try and write dialogue where people are funny but Darth Vader is not allowed to be funny and Tarkin Tarkin stays pretty true to form as well well does he because Tarkin is all warm and you know he just he he insists that everybody say what they're thankful for which seems so out of character for that guy who is a really really evil dude that's true but in this sketch it presupposes that what if tarkin isn't all that evil what if this guy that is sent from imperial center to represent the emperor is so much more evil than these other dudes that uh now i in the script i called him imperial dignitary Right. And when you when you read that, did you immediately picture who this guy was? Like, are you enough of a an old school Star Wars fan that you know what the Imperial dignitaries were? Well, unfortunately, I think I was I, I was thinking it was Mas Amada. Oh, because he's Vizier. Yeah. What is it, Vizier Grigatus? Is that how you pronounce that? Well. The, See that now I'm I'm embarrassed. If somebody is a bigger Star Wars fan than I am, then they know who this guy is by the name. Okay. You know, it's one of those things where the the role playing game gave all of these characters that never had names names and backstories, and so I guess they're responsible. Yeah. If, if Kenner didn't do it, then the then the role playing game did. Right. And and in in '85 there was an action figure called Imperial Dignitary. And that's who this guy is in my mind. <laughs> it was one of those figures that came out that nobody wanted because he was somebody that didn't do anything in the movie and he wasn't cool looking. He was like super pale and he was dressed in purple and he's there with Palpatine when he first arrives on the new Death Star. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's these two really gross Imperial Dignitary. There's like skeletally thin and so like British that you think that, you know, they probably got them from the Tower of London straight to the set. And yet they don't do anything. They just, they happen to be there as like his advisors or whatever. And I just got the idea of like, what if there was somebody that was so like unrepentantly evil that it makes Tarkin and these other guys uncomfortable? <laughs> um, Which was great. And, and that was basically my, my whole point in writing this sketch was that idea. I liked the idea of Tarkin making everybody go around the circle and say what they were thankful for. That was amusing to me. But the fact that <laughs> this guy who's so corrupt and so bent or whatever. And it made me break my rule there at the end where he, where he remembers these dead children from the uh, Jedi temple because <laughs> that acknowledges that the prequels happened. That's true. That's true. You did. And I had to do it because just the idea that this is something that he laughs about all these years later. Is, and, 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 you know, there are people that find that really, really funny. The Anakin Skywalker hacking up these children thing. It's such a leap. And, and I've complained about it before that, you know, he goes from you've got to help me save Padme to, yeah, I'll hack up these children. That, that it's crazy. 
that people like that movie. But the people that think that it's funny that he kills all these children, that's what this sketch is for, I guess. Is that there's somebody that finds it as funny as you do. Yeah. Well, I, I think what also made it funny is that, you know, Vader is, is there listening to him talk about that. You know, he doesn't say much, but I think he says something like, that's quite enough, Vizier, or something like that. Like, okay, I don't, I don't want to hear about this anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, the conceit is <laughs> that Grijatus never found out who did it. Nobody ever took credit. And, and if you watch that third awful prequel, everybody knows who did it because there was a hollow of Anakin that Obi-Wan showed Padme, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So it's common knowledge that Anakin did this. But I guess in my head canon, once Anakin Skywalker died on Mustafar, it would be in Palpatine's best interest to erase all of these records and stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, j- just for the, chan- the, the, the possibility that someone would discover that Lord Vader is Anakin Skywalker... As if Anakin Skywalker is dead, then you've got a scapegoat. And it feeds into your idea that the Jedi were bad. Because this hero of the Clone Wars, Anakin Skywalker was like a mass murderer. So none of the Jedi clearly were on the up and up, right? I'm, I, I'm apologizing for George Lucas here. Right. There's no evidence for any of that. And if any of that happens in the Clone Wars cartoons, then I'm sure it was Dave Filoni that came up with it. But... My my headcanon is that nobody knows that Vader and Anakin are the same people. And that anybody who had evidence or anybody who had suspicions, they meet with an accident. Yeah. The, the more they can keep Vader a mysterious character where nobody knows where he came from, nobody knows how he got his abilities or any of that stuff. If they can do that then it makes him more deadly, more powerful, and more feared. The, the, in, in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, what's her name? The, the, the sister, the, the Inquisitor. Uh, was it Reva? Reva had figured out that Vader is Anakin, right? Because she was one of those children yeah. that had seen Anakin Skywalker kill all the, all the children, right? Yeah. And so... Her motivation was that she wanted to get close enough to Vader so that she could kill him. I think, I think that's what happened on that show. Yeah, I think that that was her big plan. <laughs> but uh, it didn't work. I think she ends up getting stabbed because of it. She swings her lightsaber and Vader just stops it because Vader is immensely powerful. <laughs> and the idea that you could just hide your resentment or hide who you are or whatever... Does, is there a point where he reveals that he know, knew her plan and knew who she was? I think so. Or at least towards the end, he realized what she was trying to do. Yeah, there was, there was a lot about her character that went sideways toward the end of that. Well, she discovers Bail Organa's message, right? And she realizes that Vader has a child on Tatooine. And so she goes to Tatooine to kill this child, right? Yeah. If she can't kill Vader, then she'll kill his son or whatever, which seems against type. Or again, if they've set this motivation that she was one of the children in the temple, you, you don't think that's where she'd go next. Well, but she can't bring herself to do it when push comes to shove. 
True. And so I think you could say, you know, she thought that she would be, she thought that her hatred was strong enough to get her there, but it wasn't. I, you see, I only watched the Obi-Wan show once, and maybe I ought to watch it again so that I wouldn't have these questions. I couldn't even remember Reva's name. <laughs> but anyhow, I, I, I think that it is more likely that almost no one knew that Anakin Skywalker was still alive. Everyone just assumed that he had been killed along with all the other Jedi. And, and it would serve Vader to tell that Anakin Skywalker was killed. I mean, you, you, he could take credit for killing Anakin Skywalker if he wanted to. Yeah. So I, the other question I have on this is, did you create the character of Stormtrooper Dennis <laughs> just so I'd have somebody to uh, voice for this? No, I, I didn't. I just thought that the name Dennis is, is inherently funny. I, uh, <laughs> years and years ago, I wrote a story and I had to come up with a priest's name. And I came up with Father Dennis. Because to me, it was just very funny, the <laughs> idea of a priest with this comical, inoffensive name. Very, you know, it's, there are certain names that are... You're never going to have a supervillain named Dennis. Because <laughs> it's not a threatening name. But yeah, I just, I liked the idea of them bringing a stormtrooper like he had won the lottery on this it says that you know he won the marksmanship trophy or something like that yeah and originally he didn't speak at all until the very 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 end that that was the last line of the sketch oh okay that makes sense yeah but as i was finishing it this last november i thought it was funnier if he would start to say something and then someone would interrupt him and maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was funnier with him not saying anything. But I just liked that he'd start to answer a question and it'd be like, you will say nothing, Stormtrooper Dennis. The, because the, the, the Stormtroopers are meant to be like faceless. They're, they're, they're practically droids in the eyes of these upper echelon Imperials. And so... Yeah. Well, when you were doing the lines... Was it funny to you that he would start to say something and then be interrupted over and over again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> I, I see the, the humor also in just him saying those words at the the only words are at the end. But I, I thought it was pretty funny, though, how how he just kept getting cut off. And it wasn't always Tarkin, you know. I mean, I think a couple times it was, but other people would do it as yeah, well. Yeah, they, they, they all step on him. They're not... There's no respect for a stormtrooper. <laughs> you know, this is something that I did in audio. And every time I do Vader, I do like a, I affect his voice and I always do the breathing and stuff. But there's so many characters, I, I thought that it would work better in a visual medium, whether it was like in a cartoon or just putting it out with an image of each person that's talking so that you know that that's who they are. Right. I had asked Big Anklevich to voice Admiral Ularin because I wanted it to be clear to the people listening, you know, who was talking. And obviously Vader is going to sound a little bit like Vader and Tarkin's going to sound a little bit like Tarkin. And Mahdi, He's much more of a uh, Wallace Shawn in Princess Bride than he is the actor that, that actually played Mahdi in, in Star Wars. 
where he's always like sputtering and and trying to claim credit and you know you fell for one of the classic blunders kind of thing that's how i see Marty <laughs> from the tiny glimpse that we get of him in in star wars anyway yeah i i, I considered asking big if he would edit a video of it oh wow where i just send him the audio and then send him images of these six seven characters and and you know just a stormtrooper i'd probably find a picture of luke in the stormtrooper outfit so that his his proportions are more comical right <laughs> and then just send it to him and have him do a video of it where you know when Yularen speaks you see what Yularen looks like you you know who admiral Yularen is right because you're way more into like the cartoons and stuff yeah well and i think he was also in andor quite a bit so he's the guy with the mustache right and the white suit yeah so he was in there so i, I kind of remembered that name from that as well but uh, i did watch the scene in star wars you know when when Maudie's speaking gets choked and all that i watched that again so i kind of recognized everybody from that as well yeah have you ever watched the extended version of that scene because it originally began a, a few seconds before Tarkin comes in. One of the other Imperials, and I forget his name, I, I should look him up. He is having this conversation with Mahdi where he's just like, the Emperor has gone too far. He's like super, super British, this guy. He's like, the Emperor has gone too far. First with this space station and now bringing aboard this dark lord of the Sith. And then Mahdi says... Something about uh, Tarkin's got plans within plans, and they're all about to come to fruition. And he's like, well, how can he maintain control without a bureaucracy? And that's that's where the actual scene begins in the, the version that we know. Have you seen that scene? I think I have once a while ago. Because it's so interesting that they call Vader the Dark Lord of the Sith in that very first movie, and, and then they cut it out. Yeah. But I remember, even as a child, they would always refer to Vader as the Dark Lord of the Sith, and none of us knew what that meant. Anyway, you said you watched that scene again. Uh, it's so clear that Tarkin is Vader's commanding officer in that scene. Yeah, like Vader's his subordinate. Yeah, and I, I, I guess I've asked you this question before. Is like, Was Vader very low in the chain of command? But then all those guys are wiped out when the Death Star blows up and it puts Vader on top? Or was Vader just like the Emperor's, uh, the, the guy that does the dirty work for the Emperor, so he's not part of the chain of command at all? Yeah, it, it's hard to you know view that without knowledge of all the other movies and, and whatnot. But I guess you know at the time, I definitely of watching the movie I saw him as as a subordinate of Tarkin but I guess you know knowing his relationship with the emperor you know maybe that was a ruse that uh the emperor had said I I need you to keep a close eye on Tarkin and make sure he's towing the line and so maybe he was just pretending to be under his control or whatever while not spying for the emperor necessarily but just yeah being the reminder to everybody of the Emperor's other part, you know, the Sith part of Palpatine and Vader. 
is there any indication that Tarkin, once the Death Star became operational, had plans to just take over the galaxy? Where he's like, why do we need the Emperor anymore when I have all of this, you know, I have the ability to destroy anything, anywhere. I, I never got any hints of that or indications of that because there's no Emperor in that first movie. Right. But I... Your idea of, of maybe him coming and being a spy for the Empire leads you to wonder if maybe that's the case. Certainly in Rogue One, Krennic has aspirations to take over everything. You know what I mean? It's like Krennic is power hungry. Yeah. In a way that none of these other Imperials we've seen before are. And I did name drop Krennic in here too. He could easily have been one of those guys. He could have been, instead of Ularan, it could have been Krennic and those two were constantly fighting. But I don't really know yeah. the character of... Whenever Tarkin mentions the Death Star, he could be like, I'm the one who came up with... But, you know, Tarkin, I don't think he had... Well, I don't know anything, but, you know, I wouldn't think he'd have aspirations to like become better than the emperor i think he just saw that the emperor was like a figurehead and he did have the final say in everything but that he wanted to be the highest in, in the empire and probably saw himself as better than palpatine but didn't necessarily want to overthrow him or anything of course because the empire was such a what do you call it was meant to represent the nazis you know i don't think anybody had aspirations to overthrow Hitler, but definitely with Hitler in charge, they wanted to increase their own ego and, and prominence in the Third Reich or whatever. Well, I don't have anything more to say except for, uh, you know, at, at this time of, of the year, for, for those who observe Life Day, I wanted to wish everybody a happy <laughs> Life Day. It's weird that they've never thought to do another holiday special and just just say, well, you know, we did it really badly in 78, but let's try and do a good one. Well, they did do that uh, Lego Star Wars holiday with Ray and Finn. And I didn't see that. Was uh, that good? It seems like there was time travel involved in that. I was it was it was fine. It was it was enjoyable to watch. I, I don't watch it every year or anything like that, but. I only saw it the one time. But the, yeah, there were a lot of good moments. I mean, like Lego type movie, you know, they're able to do a lot of the, you know, making fun of of everything. So that, that it was pretty good. Were there references to the 78 holiday special? Well, I mean, they they called attention to Life Day and che Chewbacca was bringing the is it the yip yip or <laughs> I can't remember what it the, the turkey or whatever, but they call it something else. But they weren't going to Kashyyyk or anything like that. They just did it on the Falcon, I think. So I think you'd enjoy it if you watched it. Okay, well, I'll have to sit down and watch it. I, I, I've seen part of it. It does make fun of Darth Vader, though. Uh-oh. <laughs> at some point, does she like end up in the Death Star Trench with Luke Skywalker and calls him Master Skywalker? Yeah, she does. And then she, she's also with Vader and uh, Luke and the Emperor on the second Death Star in the throne room and everything as well. Okay, well, I'm trying to figure out how that could work. Maybe I need to sit down and, and, and figure it out. I, 
Yeah, I think she's trying to activate something in the force and and gets a like a time travel crystal or something like that. And then ends up going through time being chased by stormtroopers at first, I think. And Mandalorian and uh Grogu even have a little cameo in there. Okay, again, I don't I don't see how that can work. I I'm going to have to sit down and watch it now. Well, there you go. There's your homework for the uh Christmas season. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for hanging out with me, and uh, I'll try and get this this thing out as soon as we can. But things get busy right before Christmas. It does. Yeah, this time of year isn't the best time to try to be getting stuff out. <laughs> but it seems like we're always trying to get something out for Christmas. But, you know. Yeah. I, thank you for writing this. It was fun to read and fun to be a part of it. Well, thanks for voicing and, uh... Stormtrooper Dennis. <laughs> Hopefully, I did him justice. I am coming up with some ideas for a new uh, Hoth 105 sketch. So, <laughs> Okay, that's fine. It takes you I a might... while to write those, right? <laughs> well, I, it takes me a while to start writing them. Once I start writing them, I usually do okay. But I think I finally found something that uh, will spark it. So, Okay, well, there, that's something people have to look forward to in the new year. But uh, yeah, until then, uh, you can reach out to us on uh, the email, which is journeyintopodcast at gmail.com. I also encourage you to send us a voicemail. Uh, just call 77JN2107 and leave us a three-minute voicemail. And if you'd like to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash journeyinto. And you can also go to patreon.com slash Rish Outfield to support him and, and uh, his podcast, The Rish Outcast. And also the uh, podcast that dares not speak its name. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're mixing uh, franchises. So we will let you go. And uh, until next year, long live the Empire. <laughs> long live the Empire. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Confectionarian Willrow Hood said you were coming. He told me your show was the best, that you cut out five minutes of arms in every episode. Forgive me if I am a bit skeptical. They say that it is done under a Creative Commons 3.0 license, that one can download it, listen, and share it, but not sell it or claim the files for oneself. I hear podcasting is a complicated profession. Don't you agree? There you go. Stormtrooper Dennis, reporting for duty. Roger, Roger. I know it's not the same thing. Oh, it's quite delightful, Lord Vader. If you would... If you will allow me to... If you would allow me to fetch some of my uh, tools. So I guess since we don't have a title. <laughs> well, well what see. was the other one that I'd said? It was something like Tarkin's Tradition or something. Yeah, Tarkin's Tradition. I had, I had suggested this is not Life Day. <laughs> <laughs>